You're listening to Beyond Athletic, episode 37. Really being a true athlete, performing at your peak potential, that should be the goal of anybody who wants to achieve great things physically and mentally. You might be smarter, your daddy might own a company, but you will not outwork me. This one right here is for the people. I'm your host, Ryan J. Owens, current pro athlete, entrepreneur, and former USA national team volleyball player. I will not be defined by my athleticism alone, but I've learned how to leverage it, to stay passionate about it, and prepare for life. That's why the Beyond Athletic podcast was born. I'll bring you case studies of current and former elite athletes making it happen in life as well as tips and lessons from top sources in sports, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, and more. I'm here to tell you that you are beyond athletic. What's up, everybody? So today's episode is a really cool episode, actually, because uh, I'm, I'm standing here, actually, and I, I started standing doing the podcast because it was just one more time that I could not be sitting down because just the problems I've created with my hips and my joints after so much sitting, you know, especially because we're, we're working out every day as athletes, we're, we're killing ourselves sometimes to get to the level of uh, fitness, of performance and all of that. And sitting is just killing us. And in this episode, I'm actually standing here doing this podcast with Ben Greenfield, and he's a best-selling author, voted one of the top most influential people in health and fitness by greatest.com. And he's walking on a treadmill and I, I just love it, man, because surrounding myself with people like this, I've noticed such amazing, amazing results in just the little optimizations in my life that have led me to have much better days, train better, recover better. And you're gonna learn a lot about that. We talk about health versus performance. We talk about some of the misconceptions of pre and post workout fueling. We talk about the benefits of thermal regulation, so cold thermogenesis and heat. We talk about some hacks for your personal environment, like how you can basically really easily change some things in your surroundings, especially where you live, to optimize your recovery and help you actually perform better on a day-to-day basis, whether that's to sleep better, or to just perform better when you leave your home, things like that. And he gives some really cool travel tips for everybody because us athletes, we're always on the move. We get into a couple really cool things, warrior breathing, really interesting. He gives an example that you're gonna love it when you hear it, but uh, I, I have tried this and I'm gonna tell you, it is pretty cool, the results of that. And also he talks about some ways to basically optimize your breathing and little, little, little things that you could do during the day and, and when, you're, when you're kind of standing around to also optimize your body's potential to adapt in training. So you're gonna love this episode. If you do, make sure you tweet at Ben Greenfield. So tweet at Ben Greenfield, that's B-E-N-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-E-L-D. And just let them know that you like the episode. And if you want, you can put me on that at Ryan J. Owens. But 
Without any further ado, I really think you're going to get a ton out of this. Make sure you share this with friends. We're talking about so many things, and I mean, he drops some huge scientific names in this, but it's all really simplified also at the same time. So if you have questions, if you want anything, make sure you tweet at him or myself. And like I said, share the love. Make sure you leave a review on iTunes if you want to hear anything. If there's any other people out there that you're really interested in hearing from, just let me know. I'll try and get them on the show. So without any further ado, Ben Greenfield. Welcome everybody. Thanks for listening. Ryan J. Owens here. Today's a game plan session where we give you knowledge to optimize your life. And one quick optimization is if you're not listening already via iTunes or some other kind of app on the go, try and do that so you don't waste time just sitting around. And you can find Beyond Athletic on any of them. Today's featured guest is Ben Greenfield. And Ben, let's just set the tone really quick with a personal belief or quote or something, and then we'll get into your bio. A personal belief or quote. Um, gosh, here's here's one I've been living by the past few days. Um, and it's this every little win counts. And the reason that that's been my mantra of late is I've had a lot of uh of a lot of you know how you go through those periods in, in life when you seem like you got a lot of little things that you have to do and they're yeah. all piling up and you feel like it's becoming never ending. Yeah. Like you, you start to use that mentality of like every tiny rock you move is just one little rock in that wall, right? So, you know, when there when days are tough like that, you know, I'll, I'll start off and I'll be like, okay, win number one, get out of bed. Win yeah, yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> go downstairs. Win number three, get my arm swings in. It's just like yeah. every, every little win counts, man. I like that. The other, I think a week or something ago, I posted on my personal Facebook uh celebrating all the small victories exactly like you you're meaning right now and i remember a couple of people wrote like is everything okay everything's gonna be okay and i'm like no that's what we should be doing <laughs> so yeah, thanks for exactly like like you know talking to you right now i'm walking on my treadmill right and and that may not seem like much but by the end of the day like by the end of the day of work i'll spend three or four miles just walking you know and and there's some pretty good anti-aging research out there that shows that even that simple act is going to help me live three or four years longer. And I'm not about like grasping at straws and trying to live as long as possible. But at the same time, um, you know, that that's every little step, you know, that you yeah. take during the day counts just a little bit. I like that. Uh, I actually moved to standing up while I was doing my podcast because I am sitting too much during the days also. So listen, I want to get into your bio. Uh, ben Greenfield is an ex-bodybuilder. He's an Ironman triathlete. He's competed for Team USA. He's a Spartan racer, coach, speaker. He's the author of a New York Times best-selling book, Beyond Training, Mastering Endurance, Health, and Life. And you can go check that out at beyondtrainingbook.com. Everything's going to be linked up in the show notes. In 2008, Ben was voted as NCA's Personal Trainer of the Year, and in 2013 was named by Greatest as one of the top 100 most influential people in health and fitness and he blogs at bengreenfieldfitness.com which is also going to be linked up you're in spokane washington right yeah and you're married with two twins boys (laughs) yeah when you're not on an airplane all right so are you ready to game plan yeah man let's game plan we're going to shoot through this really quick Uh, i know you don't have a lot of time so thanks for taking that time 
I'm looking at why would you name your book exactly that, Beyond Training? Because I know why I named this Beyond Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the same reason you named it as Beyond Athletic, right? Like it's it's not that hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not that hard to navigate through figuring out how to work out, how to set up your training plan, how to periodize, how to get you know strong and powerful and fast and, and build some endurance. But what gets left on the table is how to incorporate things into your life that are going to optimize hormones, that are going to enhance your deep sleep, that are going to speed up your recovery, that are going to get rid of annoying issues like bloating and gas and you know gut problems that plague, frankly, a lot of athletes that I talk to. Um, how to basically not just have the physical performance side of things or not you know just look good in your in your swimsuit or your spandex or whatever it is that you're competing in, but also feel good and be healthy on the inside. And I'm not just talking about like feeling good, like, you know, feeling happier or, you know, having more focus or something like that, which are kind of woo-woo principles, which are, which are good. But I'm talking about being able to go into a lab and get a full blood panel on your testosterone, your cortisol, your thyroid, your inflammatory markers, your red blood cells, your white blood cells, and see that you are indeed both healthy on the outside and healthy on the inside. And if you've achieved that, then you, you've done you know, what, what I call, what I titled the book, you know, you've gone beyond training. Yeah. I really like that you went into that because so many people aren't, uh, they're, not, they're not looking at the, the small details that really make up the big part of their plan actually being something they could actualize because these little things are going to hold us back. If our gut biomes are not, are off, yeah. we're going to be off mentally, everything. You know, you have something in your book which I'm well, going to grab. If I, can, if I could interject real quickly, Please. because I, I, I get this a lot. Like, I'm not saying that, for example, um, you know, optimizing your, uh, let's use an example, like thyroid, right? I'm not saying optimizing your thyroid function as an athlete is necessarily going to make or break you, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that that's going to be your performance breakthrough and that somehow thyroid hormone is a huge barrier. What I am saying is that when you look at athletic longevity and health over long term over your career and also how you feel when you retire from your from your career, yeah. those are important things as well. And I say if you can perform just as well, but stay in your sport for an extra two, five, seven years and then feel like a million bucks when you finish up, why not? Because yeah. There are athletes out there eating, for example, extreme amounts of sugar on race day and performing fantastically because sugar is a, you know, it's a sometimes drug and it works really well to jack up energy levels. But, you know, I, I coach athletes to perform at that same level of intensity without the acidic bomb of sugar that you drop into your body using fats and more ancestral fuels instead. So ultimately, you know, it comes down to thinking, um, thinking about more than just like the acute performance and rather thinking about your long-term health and your career. I want to get into the the five, I mean, you talk in your book about the five issues you see most often with athletes. And our listeners are anywhere from 14 years old men competing at, you know, junior national team level or maybe below and up to three, four-time Olympians. So it's really important that they hear what, what what's their biggest mistakes. The biggest mistakes of athletes that you mentioned, for instance, in your book, you mentioned five of them. <laughs> you can put me on the spot here. Probably the five biggest neglected areas is what you're referring to. 
Um, and every athlete leaves at least one or several of these on the table. And the ones that I talk about are strength, power, balance, mobility, and speed. Um, and, you know, we, we could obviously you know, go on and on with each one of those in terms of what each one means. But let's, you know, let's use the example of balance. Um, your vestibular system, right, like your ears and your visual system, your eyes, and also your somatosensory system, your joints, all three of those need to be in very good interplay for you to have optimized balance. So if you have an athlete who, for example, is frying their vestibular system by using a cell phone and holding it up against their head, right? So you're creating an electromagnetic wave that has been shown. There's a reason there's a warning label on cell phones, right? To hold them like, I forget what it is now. It's like an inch or so from the head. But when you're attacking your vestibular balance system by talking on your phone rather than using, say, like a headset, or I haven't encouraged a lot of the athletes I, I work with to use an air tube headset, which is where sound travels in tubes through, through the headphones. So there's no heat near you, the primary balance organs inside your ears. That's an example of taking care of your vestibular system, taking care of your visual system. So right now I am, I'm walking while I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you on the screen. You're two feet in front of me, right? And I could as an athlete, as a student, as as someone who works on a computer, which a lot of people do these days, spend the majority of the day staring at a visual plane that's two feet in front of me, rather than allowing my ocular muscles to focus on different areas. So like I told you this morning, before we podcasted, one of the things I was doing was shooting my bow. Sometimes I'll shoot a bow, sometimes I'll hit a ping pong ball up, up back and forth against the wall, but I do things that get my eyes to leave the focus of just looking at the screen. Another thing that I do is I'll look out my window that's right in front of me, and I put a window in my office for this reason, and I've got a tree 20 yards in front of me, I've got a tree 100 yards in front of me, I've got a tree freaking on the mountain across the valley over the highway in front of me, so I can direct my visual system anywhere I want to direct it. So I'm training those muscles, those visual balance muscles, to go above and beyond just those two feet in front of me. And then as far as this matter sensory system, I mean, you know, something as simple as the fact that, you know, if I weren't walking right now, I would be standing on this dense foam pad that's right beside my desk. And when I'm talking on the phone, and when I'm riding, I'll shift from leg to leg. I'll stand on one foot. I'll stand on the other foot. I'll throw some shakiness at my body throughout the day so that my somatosensory system is never used to just being rooted on two legs. It's the same reason that that you know, uh, bilateral back squats have taken a bit of a beating lately in, in, you know, in some strength conditioning programs. And there's a reason for that. Sometimes when you're doing a bilateral back squat, there's very, very little somatosensory input happening, right? It's, it's great training for the hip extensors, but unless, unless you introduce a single leg component, right? Like a, a single leg squat or a pistol or a high knee step up or something like that, you're really neglecting the somatosensory component of the ankles the knees and the hips. So yeah. you want to consider visual, vestibular, somatosensory, get all those three firing, and then you're training balance. You know, balance goes way and beyond just above and beyond just like you know, hopping on a BOTU ball at the gym. Yeah. I do like some of the things that you're mentioning. I mean, I didn't get into this until I got to Team USA. And one of the great things about Team USA is that they're bringing in some of the best minds and coaches around the states and we do a lot of those types of things i mean you'll go from some kind of deadlift to supersetting with some 
thing, like not just a BOSU ball, but, you know, you're catching tennis balls with one hand or maybe you have to like hold a hand over your eye, all these different things to get so many different aspects. So I love what you're talking about. And I think many athletes out there need to hear this because I'm telling you at an elite level, even over here overseas, they're not getting these types of things. So thanks so much for, for talking about that. Let's move into the, the pre and post workout fueling. Cause I know you wanted to talk about that and I know a ton of athletes screw this up. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places we could start, but I would say the most important thing for your, your listeners and viewers to realize is that the majority of the studies that have been done on post-workout fueling strategies, whether that be the carb to protein ratios, the amount of food, the timing of the food, et cetera, the studies were done in athletes who had done workout to exhaustion in a fasted state. Right, So you need to understand that when you see a recommendation for whatever, a four to one or a three to one carbohydrate to protein ratio, you know, in the range of 600 to 800 calories taken within 20 minutes of the workout for maximum benefit, that's research that's been done in people who are basically working out starved, you know, in the morning on a completely empty stomach. And a lot of times that doesn't simulate real world situations. If you're still burping up breakfast, or you're still burping up your pre-workout meal, you've got high blood levels of amino acids. You generally have relatively high levels of blood glucose. There is no need to drop everything you're doing and prioritize your, your post-workout shake or smoothie or bar. And in many cases, especially for athletes who are attempting to have a good power to weight ratio, trying to decrease body fat percentage, trying to avoid you know big spikes in blood glucose, that type of thing, it can almost come, come back to haunt you from that perspective, if you're just almost eating too much or shoving too much fuel down the hatch, I mean, because once your, you know, once your muscle glycogen levels are full and your liver glycogen levels are full, your body has very elegant mechanisms to take any excess fuel and turn it into triglycerides in the liver and send those out to be packaged as fat. So when in the post-workout fueling scenario, yeah, if you work out in the morning to exhaustion, right, to glycogen depletion, then yeah, you're going to benefit a ton from hitting that post-workout meal within that 20-minute window, especially if you have a workout later on in the day. Otherwise, what research has shown is that by eating ad libitum, right, by eating basically according to your appetite, getting a few square meals in, you will have topped off your glycogen levels within eight hours. So unless you have another workout planned within eight hours, there is no need for you to massively prioritize that post-workout smoothie or whatever. And the other thing that research has shown is that when you don't prioritize it, this returns to like this concept called, there's a guy out there, I forget his name, he's got like the warrior diet, right? Where you are sometimes yeah, working out hungry, sometimes you're waiting a while to fuel after you eat. There's some cool things that happen in terms of decreasing the rate at which telomeres shorten. Okay, very similar anti-aging effect to, for example, fasting. Now you wanna be careful with this, right? You don't wanna be, too catabolic. And if you're trying to put on muscle, you're trying to put on mass, then you gotta eat all the time. I used to be a bodybuilder. You know, I used to weigh 40 more pounds than I do right now. And I would just eat all the time, 6,000 to 8,000 calories a day. It's the only way you can get that amount of fuel in. But unless you're in that scenario, the whole post-workout fueling plan is something that's a little bit flawed, unless you yeah. fall into that category 
and eating in a, in a glycogen depleted state. I just want to jump in there really quick because most of our listeners are going to be, I mean, the high school ones, no, uh, unless they're in swimming and that kind of thing, they're not doing the two time a day workout, you know, for instance. But right. some of them, if they're playing club sports, they might be working out with their high school team and then going later to a club workout that's even just like a couple hours. But our typical schedule, for instance, for most pros, especially elite level, we're going we're gonna to be hitting the gym usually 9 a.m., somewhere around there, 8.30. We're going to do some low-level stuff in our sport, and then usually we're heading to the, the, the weight room or to do some conditioning or both. And then right. – Four and a half, five hours later, we're back in the gym for usually a two and a half, three hour stint. So a hardcore training, for instance, for my ball sport. What what are you what are you thinking that athletes should be looking at to prepare themselves for that type of scenario nutritionally? Right. Right. That type of scenario where you do have multiple workouts and you have less than an eight hour spread between workouts, the trick is to be able to keep the body fueled without necessarily relying upon frankenfuels to do so because when you're relying upon bars when you're relying upon drinks that have lots of like dyes and colors and preservatives added to them when you're relying upon you know powders that a lot of times um they're they're spray dried or they're heat dried or they have preservatives or artificial sweeteners added to them there's a little bit of a, a metabolic like a toxic metabolic load when you're dumping that kind of stuff into your body so you got to go out of your way to find convenient fuel sources that are more natural Okay, there are companies out there now that do like lactose-free and dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free bars. You know, usually they're like some kind of like a paleo-approved bar, like, you know, cocoa chia bar is one that I use. It's basically like coconut oil and chia seeds. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on it has one called like a hemp bar, right, which is like hemp seeds and lots of coconut. And they usually don't taste as good as the chocolate-coated bars, <laughs> but they're actually not because they're real food. Um, chia seeds are fantastic. You mix them in water. They give you a slow bleed of amino acids along with fatty acids. Fiber. You can add like, like some real honey to that. You mm. can add some electrolytes to that, like some sea salt, and put it in water or put it in coconut water. And again, you've got a little bit more natural rehydration beverage yeah. with less of the less of the artificial compounds. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of like going with like the the organic grass-fed jerky approach there's a lot of, of companies now making like really really good healthy beef jerkies not the stuff that's pumped full of you know nitrates and hormones and everything else that you find at the grocery store but like good stuff pemmican is another one it's it's basically uh it's rocket fuel especially for like keeping your appetite satiated for long periods of time it's basically rendered fat mixed with like sea salt dried mm -hmm. fruits stuff like that and you can get that. There's a company called U.S. Wellness Meats, for example, that makes pemmican. It's a, and uh, a lot of it makes pemmican too. Yeah, pemmican. It's like a Native American recipe. In the in, I think it's chapter 11 of the book, the section that mm -hmm. has like 40 easy meals for busy athletes. Mm -hmm. There's tons of little things like that, that you can just pump in your body super quick that go above and beyond. You know, I well, you know, I, I don't mind throwing names around: Gatorade, Power Bar, stuff like that. Ah, the, there's there's. There's some things uh, actually that in there that I want people to remember. By the time this comes out, Dr. Stacy Sims would have had her episode would have launched, and she talks a lot about rehydration and also some of the stuff that I'm going to ask you about next, which is the thermogenesis and this kind of stuff. But uh, she's talking about that you should hydrate with some with some type of solution that not only just has the salt but also has something like honey in it. And I like how you expanded on that with multiple ideas. So. 
Let's jump right. into the, that. The, though. The, the difference, real quick, between Stacy's uh, formula and something like Gatorade is that her formula is designed to keep you hydrated and keep your electrolyte levels topped off with just enough sugars added in to drive whatever real foods that you eat along with that beverage into your into your gut, you know, mm -hmm. into, into digestion and then into the bloodstream. So the idea behind her is, that, you know, it's like, you know, I think she says hydration in the bottle, fuel in the pocket, something like that. But you take a rehydration beverage like that, and then you you mix something like that with real food, right? Like one of those real healthy bars that I talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was she. De we definitely got into her product a little bit, but we were talking about just the basic, basic because a lot of listeners they're overseas actually, so it's hard for them to get much of these things in the yeah. states. Anyways, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, cold thermogenesis and, and hot also. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I think this is interesting. Sorry to interrupt. There's just, I want players to hear this because it's so important that we regulate our body in so many different ways. And you've got to look at this this way. If you want to make it to those elite levels, you have to be able to control how your body is reacting to all the stressors in your daily life. So, I mean, take it away. Right. Well, let's take cold exposure, for example. And by cold exposure, I mean everything from a five-minute cold shower in the morning or, you know, post-workout or in the evening to a cold soak in an ice bath to going outside in cold temperature to exercise. When you do these things, you teach your body how to shuttle blood flow very efficiently. You produce something called endothelial nitric oxide synthase. And that's like Viagra for your muscles. It allows your muscles to produce more nitric oxide. It allows for enhanced cooling and enhanced heating ability. And it, it's a huge boost for blood flow at relatively, um, with a relatively low amount of body damage that comes with it, right? Like you don't walk out of a cold shower sore. Usually you walk out of a cold shower invigorated, you know, with, with a similar release of blood flow as if you'd done something like a run. You also get an increase in what's called adiponectin, which helps your body mobilize fatty acids from fat tissue to use as energy. Mm -hmm. You get an increase in brown adipose tissue. One of the only ways to actually kill fat cells which is, is to really convert hard. them into brown adipose tissue. And one of the only ways to do that is to get exposed to cold. Um, and then as you hinted at, you get stress resilience, right? Like if you can train yourself every single morning to hop in the shower, put it on the icy cold setting, not the hot setting. Don't ease yourself into it. Just put it on the cold setting. Take a deep breath and just let yourself flow and let your mind block any type of pain or discomfort. There's a huge bonus there in terms of stress resilience. So speak into that really quick about that initial breath, that first like when the when the cold hits you, how important yeah, it's that is. Called the, it's called the mammalian dive reflex. There's a really good book out there by James Nestor, who's a journalist who studied free divers. He calls it the master switch of life which is basically, mm. you know, it's this, this sharp intake of breath that like a baby would take when they first emerge from, from mom. Um, when cold water hits our faces or we, we take a plunge into cold water, there's that initial stimulation to the nervous system that causes that urge to take a sharp intake of breath. And you get this huge pump of nitric oxide produced. And there's a lot of really, really cool benefits that happen when you do that. You know, it's yeah. basically an improvement in cardiovascular blood shuttling potential. So... Um, so yeah, cold has its has a ton of benefits, you know, and I do the cold showers and I go outside and exercise in the cold water or cold weather once a week. I do a cold soak for 30 minutes and then heat has similar effects. Heat, similar to cold, trains your body 
how to shuttle blood very efficiently around your body, doing like, for example, uh, once two times a week, a 30 to 45 minute dry sauna session. I'm a bigger fan of dry sauna than wet sauna. Wet sauna, you tend to get more exposure to molds, fungus. Uh, it's easier to get sick when you're doing a lot of wet sauna, especially if there's a lot of other people in there. Dry mm -hmm. sauna, you get a little bit less of that risk. Um, but basically, you know, spending time in a dry sauna until you get intensely uncomfortable, right? You're really sweating. You're teaching your body how to cool itself. You're opening up the pores. There's a little bit of a detoxification effect because your skin is a detoxification organ, similar to your liver. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get a huge production. And I interviewed on my uh, bengreenfieldfitness.com podcast, a doctor named Dr. Rhonda Patrick. And we talked about this for like an hour, but you get an increase in the production of what are called heat shock proteins. And very similar to that mammalian dive reflex that you get with cold that makes you more resilient to stress, increased production of these heat shock proteins also helps your body to become more resilient to stress. And incidentally, I talked earlier about that anti-aging effect, right? Like yeah. things that like fasting that can decrease the rate at which telomeres shorten. Uh, the production of heat shock proteins is another thing that does that. Brad, I, there's so much in there, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Before we go into the last little part, I want you to give um, in that list, last little part just some nice ways to hack your environment and then some travel tips because, man, at this level, sometimes we're traveling most of the week and kind of like you're traveling around for everything you're doing. Imagine if you were still training at that elite level. So you know how it is. But before we do, I was reading your little morning routine and I'm going to link this up for everybody to see. There's two things in here that I really would love you just to talk really fast on, which is the warrior breathing and then why that you're doing these 30-minute breath hold walks where you breathe every two minutes or you hold your breath for every two minutes or as long as you can for that 30-minute stint, I guess. Right, right. So warrior breathing is a way to increase pressure to capillaries and drive oxygen into micro vessels that oxygen would normally not get into quite as well. You're essentially doing short stints of an increase in blood pressure and an increase in oxygenation while actually retaining a little bit of carbon dioxide. This is something that would technically be unhealthy to do all day long because it does include a little bit of an element of like shallow exhales, which aren't necessarily healthy because that means like you're, you're holding on to carbon dioxide, but done short term, you get some very cool oxygenation effects. You get very like tingly hands. It's good to do before, for example, like meditation. You get very focused after you do this, but it involves a series. Usually what I'll do is I'll do like a 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. 50 sharp and deep inhales. And each of those sharp and deep inhales is followed by a short and shallow exhale. So it sounds like this. I'll do 50, breathe for a few minutes or a few, well, not even a few minutes, it's more like 30 to 60 seconds, then do 40, then do 30, then do 20, then do 10. It's really cool. I wrote a post about, I, I learned this down at uh, Mark Devine's training for the, the Navy SEALs, and I wrote a post about it on my website, but it's called Warrior Breathing. Um, the other thing, the breath hold walks, basically there's, there's two reasons of doing that. Number one is when you train yourself to be comfortable with for example, contractions of your diaphragm as it wants to get air, but you're not letting it get air. That helps in the same in the same aspect of stress resilience as like the cold showers, right? It just helps you to be more in touch with your body. It's it's almost like a form of of self denial or delayed gratification, right? Like training yeah. your body how to not get what it wants right when it wants it. That breath 
-hmm. so that you're basically allowing yourself to get more mind control, more focus. The other reason that I'm doing it is I've got a goal to get up to a five minute breath hold by the end of the year because I'm, I'm going to go down to Florida and I want to dive down below a hundred feet and I want to be comfortable with my breath hold by that point. Cool. And hypoxic walks like that can really help with your, with your breath hold time. Yeah. Love it, man. So let's, uh, there's two last things. Let's just give people ways to hack their environment, some travel tips. And then I have my last question for you and then you'll share how to connect with yourself and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Um, there's all sorts, you know, my, my entire home that I live in is, you know, quote unquote, hacked to do things like reduce the amounts of, of electrical signals and, you know, keep the temperature cold like we talked about and, you know, increase the amount of natural light. The biggest, I'll give you, there's just like so many places we could go. Um, and, I, you know, I have, I have a four podcast series that I did on my website called How to Biohack the Ultimate Healthy Home. We'll link it One up. One thing that's, that's super easy, let's just go with like a quick $10 thing you can do. Unscrew any bulbs that are around your bed, like at night, because the blue light produced by those bulbs shuts down your ability to produce melatonin. And instead, get those little warming lights, like what, what you put in like a reptile's cage at night, like a lizard's cage. You know, they produce just this, this red light. It's kind of warming, yeah. kind of soothing. And you just plug that into the bulbs all around your bed. Also has a nice romantic effect. So it's <laughs> Cool. So, so you place your bulbs in, in your bedroom with, with bulbs that don't produce blue light. Um, and then for traveling, again, you know, tons of tips I could give you. But probably the most important is that you need to realize that when you're hurtling 30 to 40,000 feet above the planet in a metal tube, you build up a high amount of what are called positive ions. And those affect the electrochemical gradient in your cells in a very deleterious way. And the only way to fix that is to get negative ions into your body as soon as possible after you land. The planet, grass, dirt, rocks, etc., has tons of negative ions that it produces, but the key is to get in touch with that, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, if I check into a hotel after I travel, I'll get outside in my bare feet, right? Like, I'll find some place outside that hotel with grass or dirt or something, yeah, and I'll do grounding or earthing. Mm-hmm. You can buy grounding mats or earthing mats that plug into wherever you happen to be, they plug into the grounding outlet. I don't like that as much as just like going outside and doing some yoga and stretching my bare feet. But I mean, you can buy mats and just like sleep on a grounding mat or an earthing mat after you travel. If you just know you're gonna have a heart, you know, if you take the team bus to the hotel, yeah. you're on the 32nd floor, you wanna get your sleep, you don't wanna go outside at 1 a.m. and, you know, stand on your bare feet, you just right. like use something like a grounding mat or an earthing cool. mat. Uh, but you know, those are a couple of tips. Awesome, well, listen, last question. And then tell people how to connect with you. But what is your definition of being an athlete? My definition of being an athlete is having the ultimate combination of performance, fat loss, recovery, digestion, brain, sleep, and hormone optimization. Bam, 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 bam. Firing on all those cylinders. Once you get to that point, then you're performing like a true human machine has the potential to perform. Take just one of those things, right? Like let's say hormone optimization, sure. You could have high testosterone, but crappy body fat. Or you could be, you know, a lean, mean machine and have zero DHEA or growth hormone. Like there's all sorts of things that you gotta have in place. But if you have all that in place, that is really being a true athlete performing at your peak potential. Um, And that should be the goal of anybody who wants to achieve great things physically and mentally. Love it, man. And how can people follow you along your journey and connect with you? 
Uh, BenGreenfieldFitness.com is a good place to go. From there, you know, there's links like my Twitter account and Facebook and all that jazz. But BenGreenfieldFitness.com is a good little portal. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for spreading your knowledge. I'm definitely going to link up everything, and we'll stay in touch. I hope you have a great day. Cool, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao. All right. Later. So that was a really cool episode with Ben Greenfield. He is actually always on the go, always doing cool things. If you haven't already, while you're listening, check him out. And I do apologize for the delay in getting these out. Had a computer issue with a broken screen that set me back about four and a half weeks. And now I'm just finally catching up with everything. So these should come out weekly and hopefully twice a week like they were before from now on. Anyways, hope you enjoyed it. Share it with a friend. Make sure you post this link on anything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. However you talk to your friends, do it. Thanks so much and see you next time. So now I'm up in the courts, pleading my case from the witness box. Telling the judge and the jury the same thing that I said to the cops. On the day that I got arrested, I'm innocent, I protested. She just feels rejected. Had a heart broken by someone she's obsessed with. Cause she likes sound of my music. She makes her a fan of my music. That's why I love so violently. What we do in life? Echoes in eternity. I'm gonna show you how great I am. And this concludes our Chicago show.